This is episode 609 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Every Keystroke on Every Device is Logged Somewhere, The Unsettling Truth About the Internet. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same server as Prepper Website. So for more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Well, guys, welcome to episode 609. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. This is going to be a very important episode. And this is one that I've been wanting to share for a little bit. And I just haven't really... Actually, I was taking notes to be able to do this on my own. So it was going to be like a just a separate episode, which I really wasn't reading an article. And then I saw the article from uh, the Organic Prepper come through. And uh, I don't, Daisy didn't write this one. It was written by Sandra, Sandra Lane, who is a, a writer over there at the Organic Prepper. But after reading it, I was like, well, this is the one that I want to use because um, it lays out everything so, so well. And uh, I've, I'm kind of involved in this sphere when uh, when I go to work, right, in dealing with education and I deal with instructional technology and I'm, I'm dealing, I'm in that department and I work very closely with our technology services team and our cybersecurity team. Can you imagine a school district has a cybersecurity team? And so it's, you know, it's one of those things that's always on my mind and especially when you start talking about preparedness when you start talking about preppers and you know we care about our privacy I and mean, we're always talking about operational security situational awareness and we do that in public very i mean it's one of those things that's very important to us we have article we read articles on that uh we you know i've done podcasts on that there's videos on that but for whatever reason when it comes to the internet Things seem to go out the window. People just don't seem to have the same understanding of OPSEC or situational awareness anymore, or they have traded the convenience of being able to be on social media, to have the convenience of doing things online instead of be having that safety and that security of, of you know, protecting yourself from protecting you know, who you are out there. And so I think this is a very important article. In fact, I'm going to say this. I believe that this situation here, that cybersecurity and being smart about what you do online is going to be even more important than thinking about and preparing for an EMP. And I'm going to tell you why when we get to the end of this article. So I'm going to go ahead and read this article and then I'm going to give you a little bit of commentary as we go through or as we as we get to the end of it. Just things that I want to share that I want to add to this article um, that, that this article really didn't cover. And so uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Again, it's coming to us from theorganicprepper.com. Every keystroke on every device is logged somewhere. The unsettling truth about the Internet. Let's go ahead and dive in. This isn't supposition or assumption or even an opinion. It's a fact. If you have the minimum of a standard smartphone and or leave your house at any time, what you say, what you type, what you do is being listened to, recorded, monitored, and analyzed by software, technology, people, or all of the above. Cameras in the phone, virtual assistants, GPS or global positioning systems, tracking, traffic cameras, store cameras, other people's phones, cameras, and recording devices, dash cams, body cams, and even satellite and drone cameras all watch, listen, and monitor what we do. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Electronic anything is monitored and recorded. Every keystroke on a phone, every letter and number on a tablet, every ad clicked on a laptop or notebook, every site visited on any computer device, every subject entered on every single search engine ever created is logged and held forever waiting for someone to request that information or to hack it. 
Even DuckDuckGo, which has been quietly added as a search engine option for Google. Now, if you haven't already been alerted, let me do so now. Welcome to the end of the information age, or what Brian By, a former software engineer at Google, calls the age of reckoning. So as computers use grows in popularity, so does hacking and spying. First, let's go back to 1822, when Charles Babbage began developing the first automatic computing machine and by 1837 proposed what was to be the concept of the first general-purpose computer. But it was Charles's son, Henry Babbage, who was later able to complete a part of his father's idea by making a machine that could perform basic calculations. The first programmable computer was created in Germany during the 1930s by German engineer Konrad Zuse, who went on to later construct the first digital computer. Some 30 years later, computer hackers came on the scene. These hackers were rumored to be MIT students who were curious about the massive machines locked behind glass in temperature-controlled rooms, and the hacks themselves were more like shortcuts, like life hacks that helped complete computer programming tasks more quickly. One of those hacks actually went on to be or become Unix, originally Unix or U-N-I-C-S, a computer operating system. But most hacks weren't for the betterment of anything, and as the use of computers became more popular, so did hacking. Fast forward to today, and you find computers everywhere and in just about everything. And not just in phones, but in watches, cars, televisions, streaming devices like Fire Sticks and Apple TV, remote controls, crockpots, stoves, refrigerators, washer and dryers, coffee pots, game systems, kid toys, and the list goes on. And we're not even getting close to discussing augmented reality machines. Many of all of the above connect sometimes seamlessly and quietly and some wirelessly to the internet or the cloud or both. So it is nearly impossible to keep your life private if you use computers. Of course, the original goal of computers wasn't to steal your information or identity and neither was that the goal of the internet. It wasn't to blackmail you or prey on young kids or teenagers. The idea of computer technology was first conceptualized to make life easier in some way. But now there's a hacker every 39 seconds, and only 43% of that is directed towards the government, retail, and technology like your local DMV or Amazon and Walmart. 447 million consumer records containing sensitive personal information were stolen in 2018 by hackers. That's about half a billion with a B. And most companies take up to six months to detect even a large data breach, which means you could already be affected while reading this through online business, creditors, social media, and the like. When was the last time you used your credit card online, sent a text to your son or daughter, clicked on an online ad, and sent an email? No one is safe at all. To be even semi-safe online, you will have to be completely alone. No one would be able to claim you as a person, says Scott Hutter, a 25-year computer software engineer known as Claire54. He told me this in an interview for The Organic Prepper. Hutter came on the scene when the internet exploded for the general public and has seen the various ways of hacking, phishing, and scamming and has watched the activity grow rapidly over time. You get on social media one day, post happy birthday or happy Mother's Day mom, or she's so cute can't wait until she's old enough to drive, and guess what? You just became someone's friend, someone's son, aunt, uncle, or mother or father. And all that can be ascertained by human beings who just pay attention. Now there are various reasons hackers seek our personal information. This means we can be associated with others or are associated with others and so on, but most of us already understand that what we put on social media can be dangerous if we're not extremely careful. But why would anyone ever want to hack our accounts or our computers, our phones, tablets, home security systems, wireless thermostats, etc.? We are just little peons that pay taxes. Hutter says they do it for practice and money. China, Russia, they hire a bunch of teenagers just to hack whoever they can. It's like a big net cast out there to see who or what they can get into. They get in, steal identities, bank accounts, social media accounts, or into businesses and plant malware, viruses, commit cyber extortion. And you can make good money as a hacker, especially if you're good at it. 
Hence, those who hack for practice, and it's easy to do, as certain attempts can become automated. According to Hutter, who spent years working in-depth with smart home devices like the Amazon and Google smart home devices, as well as decades with a multitude of programming languages, the easiest way to get in is through passwords. If a hacker can get a password from you, they can eventually make their way into everything you have. My advice to anyone is to never, ever, ever use the same password for anything. Specifically, your email, online accounts such as banking, social media, etc. Claire 54 stresses. Once they get into your email, if they're any good, you won't know it because they know that you'll change your passwords on everything and lock them out again. What they're looking for is more passwords and login usernames so they'll slip in, get what they need, then slip out. Most people don't know they've been hacked until their accounts are stolen, or worse, identities are stolen or money is missing. And hackers are actively attempting to get into your devices. Robocalls are nothing compared to how much people are attempting to hack your machines. So your phone and computers are treasure troves of data for hackers and spies. If you think of your smartphone, it probably has the ability to fetch your email access social media, has Apple Pay or Google Pay or wallet, has your name, pictures of family and friends, maybe even your medical records, list of meds you take, contacts with your email addresses. It's a gold mine of information. That's why stealing phones is big business. Because all the information a hacker needs can be found on your phone. All they have to do is hack into it. So what about all the firewalls and virus detection software you have? Believe it or not, it's all hackable. Consider this. Research conducted on behalf of IBM found that out of 3,600 security and IT professionals around the world, 77% did not have an adequate cybersecurity incident response plan. Those are IT professionals we're talking about here. And I thought I was doing good with a subscription to a firewall and virus detection software. But certainly, my modem and router are safe, right? Keeping people from getting into my internet space, as I like to call it. Well, not exactly. Modems and routers use passwords as well. These are usually pretty secure as they use 128-bit encryption, but can still be hacked. Some people buy their own modems and routers, and some obtain them from the company that supplies their internet access. Regardless, they use passwords. Passwords can be discovered. What about wireless? Passwords. What about virtual private networks or VPNs? Almost, and it can be much safer, but you still have to have the passwords. And you, and you have to make sure the VPN is reliable and not a phishing attempt or scam all on its own. So speaking of passwords, you can use an application like LastPass to create and store passwords for everything you use. The app has strong encryption and uses multi-factor authentication to protect your passwords. You can use LastPass on all of your devices. Be sure to create a secure master password for your LastPass account using the following criteria. The longer your password, the better. Make it more than six characters. Use a combination of characters, alpha, upper and lower case, numeric and symbols. Change your password frequently. Keep your last pass master password safe. If anyone gains access to it, they will be able to view your last pass vault. So even stronger passwords don't guarantee your data is safe. Furthermore, passwords or not, somebody somewhere is keeping logs of everything. Why? Again, it doesn't have to be for nefarious reasons. If the system goes down, they need logs to help explain why so they can fix it. Remember, this isn't just pertaining to your internet service, but everything that uses the internet. So let's look at the internet as it's been called, the information highway. That's exactly what it is, a way to get information from point A to point B and so on. Let's put a truck on it. Bear with me here. Fill it with fuel, put cargo in it, put a driver in the seat. The driver takes the cargo from point A to point B. Great, it works so well, let's put 50 trucks out there and do the same thing, only this time, let's have them go from point A to point B, exchange cargo for new cargo and go back to point A. That worked perfectly until somebody has a flat tire. The people who run the highway have to know why the driver had a flat, fixed a flat and get the driver back up and running. Fantastic, until three drivers lose their way and get lost. Again, keeping logs of how and why helps the people who run the highway fix problems and make it better. Hopefully, you see where I'm going with this analogy. 
Logs, records of what happens are important and need to continue providing the service. Imagine though, if you will, a driver who does have bad intentions and decides to muck everything up by stealing some of the cargo or maybe taking a really long lunch break or decides to add something to the cargo that's not supposed to be in there. Any or all of that can mess up the entire system and even hurt others depending on the cargo and the means used to fiddle with it. So data that you have deleted isn't entirely safe either. Same goes for the internet. Normally packets of data are exchanged in an encrypted manner between machines and devices, getting your information where you want it to go and providing you with information back. In reality, though the internet has a whole lot of working parts that can't always be monitored. That's what continues to make it so volatile and possibly dangerous. And yes, it's absolutely true that everything ever put on the internet stays on the internet. If you believe that just because you can't find something, it's not there anymore, think again. The FBI, CIA, NSA, even expert hackers are capable of retrieving deleted information from all hard drives and backup systems, says Hunter. So AI is always listening too. All right, so what about all the smart home devices? From the news, we already know that they're little evil robots that are always listening in, sometimes even recording. Again, with the logs. Turns out they're always recording, at the very least, for a limited time after their quote-unquote wake word is used. So artificial intelligence, or AI, which is what a smart device technically is, has two types of learning, attended and unattended. It is very difficult for an AI to learn unattended, meaning on its own, and it takes a long, long time to do so. In order to enhance and speed up the learning process, attended is the preferred way for AIs to learn. To understand attended, imagine 10 to 20 people sitting in a room wearing headphones or earbuds, and their only job is to monitor or attend varying smart, de smart devices' communications to make sure the AI is behaving correctly and therefore learning the correct responses. Remember, this is all logged. Now, if you will, recall the driver of the truck on the information highway who had bad intentions. Amazon, Google, probably doesn't have any nefarious reasons to listen in on your conversations, but some in the moving parts of the system did, just like that imaginary driver we spoke of. For anyone who uses Amazon smart devices, there is a way you can delete the recordings that were made from your devices by going to your Alexa privacy settings on your Amazon account, except it is not truly deleted. So there are things that you can do to safeguard your private information. It occurred to me while writing this article that with all the insanity and doubt regarding the safety or lack thereof of the internet and smart devices, why would any IT professional, let alone people like us, ever get on the web? And how do any of us live and work safely in an ever-growing internet-dependent world? As an IT professional himself, Hutter, or Claire54, explains that it doesn't have to be that frightening and has some sound advice. I use Microsoft's firewall that comes with Windows and a vast free version as protection from viruses. Even with virus protection and a firewall, I only download from reputable sources like Microsoft, Apple, etc., I never download pirated software or run it. By doing that, I prevent 90% of the need for a virus scanner. I also make sure to always have the latest updates to all my software and try to only run open source software so I can see what the program is doing, if anything. It's important to remember to make strong passwords, uppercase, lowercase numbers, symbols, and combining them makes good strong passwords. Now, while we can't all read or understand open source programs and applications, we can certainly do the rest. And it turns out that Kat Ellis also has a lot of good information in her article, The Prepper's Guide to Cybersecurity. So, quote, technology is ever changing and that alone can make it overwhelming. If you have put off learning how to protect your computer, however, I urge you to change that ASAP. Preppers get a lot of information and products from the Internet. So you'll want to make sure to practice good cybersecurity so you don't give away too much of your own information. That's end quote. And so that is from Kat Ellis's article there. And of course, that's linked in the article. So Claire54 warns about staying away from browsers like Tor and websites like 4chan and says to only download software directly from the vendor's sites if you're going to download at all. 
stay away from chat rooms, porn sites, and anything that advertises something for free. There's no doubt about it. The internet can be very scary, even though we think we're nowhere near it. Anything that accesses the internet is hackable. Hopefully now, though, armed with some information and knowledge, we can walk with a little more confidence and the realization that, we've, that we're vulnerable only if we are unaware. Now that we're aware, we can be on guard. So what do you think? Are you concerned about the privacy of your personal information? Are there things you do to protect it? Please share your thoughts and ideas in the comments. So there are about 19 comments here and people have left some really good comments. You know, some people are just messing around, but uh, I always encourage you when there's a lot of comments that there's all there's it's like the conversation, the article uh, tends to continue and people get to add to it. So I always recommend looking at comments if there are comments. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this. There's a lot here in this article and uh, hopefully I can tackle everything that I wanted to tackle here. So first of all, this article by Sandra over at The Organic Prepper is talking about just the, the data that is there and things that are logged. And I completely agree. I believe that there are, everything is logged. Everything there, there is, your information is out there, right? And so I, I completely believe that. Everything, especially when you talk about social media. So when you go to Facebook, there's still a lot of preppers that are on social media that just, you know, it's just, it's the ease of social media. And I understand that. I'm still on there as well, although I have pulled off a lot. I'm trying to keep the brand, the Prepper website brand out there. So on Instagram, uh, although I deleted the, the application at one point, I have installed it again just to put out things about Prepper website to get people you know, going to the website. And that's, that's the only reason I'm doing that. I'm not even searching it or looking, you know, like liking a lot of pictures or anything like that. And I'm trying not to spend time on it because to me, it's just a big time suck. On Facebook, I use it for the church and I do every once in a while post things in the Prepper website group. But I want you to notice next time you link to an article or you click on an article off of Facebook, I want you to understand that there's a lot of extra characters that are being added onto it. So there is, Facebook has its own tracking. So they're, they're, adding on their own tracking because they want to know, okay, where are people going to and where are people clicking out of? What are the important things that are interesting to them? So everything that you like, everything that you, you know, give a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, a smiley face, a mad face, anything that you type, anything that you click on, that's being recorded somewhere. And the reason is it's not, again, I don't believe it's for nefarious reasons. A lot of people will talk about Amazon and talk about uh, you know Google and things like that. And one of the reasons why it really started out was because we've gotten to the point in society, well, in retail space, in, in financial, you know, in the financial space, right, where there's so many things. There's only so much you can do to make money with these big companies. So what they're looking for is the small margins where they can increase. So if they know that they can target you because you are, I don't know, you are clicking on a bunch of things because of wedding things, right? And they know that you're probably are going to be getting married or you're going to a wedding pretty soon here, right? And then so they start targeting you with wedding, wedding advertisements and things like that. If they can target you and they can be a little bit more specific, they can get, they can squeeze those extra dollars out of you. And, and put them where they, they want, right? Get, the, get those ads where they want so they can squeeze that money out of you so that they can become even more popular. And so I believe that's where it all kind of started. And that's what a lot of the other people that talk about, that's where it started. I know like people like Seth Godin have talked about that. Um, other people in the space have talked about that. But then now it's gotten a little scarier because the thing is, is that all this information is out there. So if you are on the, the Prepper website email list, on the Saturday Prep, I sent out a, a video that if you're on the list, I really want you, I even put it, I even put it right before the video, please watch this. It is about 40 minutes long and it is with a, a person, she is a Harvard professor, her name is Shoshana Zuboff and she talks a lot about this. And basically what she's saying is we're sunk, right? 
that it is it's so far gone we are so tight in there are so many things to connect it to the internet that it's we can't go backwards now but the only way to move forward and the only way to make sure that these people do what they're supposed to do is if we hold them accountable by the law and that's what she is proposing and uh, i the reason i uh, looked her up on youtube is because i heard her on another podcast and i thought it was very interesting a lot of the things that she was saying you know, this specific YouTube is called Surveillance Capitalism and How Tech Companies Are Always Watching Us. And it's very interesting. And again, if you're on the email list, I uh, I would suggest you go back and click on that link and watch it about 40 minutes. And it's, it's going to freak you out just a little bit because you realize that your information is out there and there's really, there's no other way of doing it. I mean, for my work, I have to be on computers. I have to be on the internet. The only way, I mean, there's things that you have to, you, you can only pay on the internet. There are things that, you know, bills that you can only pay that they don't send you like, you know, bills in the mail anymore. And there's a lot of things that are so interconnected that it is kind of scary when you think about it, how much information is out there. So let's say that the big Facebooks and the Amazons and, and Googles and all that, that, you know, they're not really wanting to use it for nefarious reasons. But here's the thing. There is a database with all this information out there. And so there's been articles and there's been news reports that Facebook is sharing information with the government, that Google is sharing information with the government. And so why wouldn't the government give Google and Amazon and Facebook passes on things that they're doing illegally if they get that database? You know, one of the things that Shoshana, you know, that she talked about is that, you know, the facial recognition that we see happening in China and the credit score system that is happening over there. You know, the computers are getting so powerful with, with their algorithms that they can tell your facial expressions. They can tell what you're thinking with the muscles that you're using in your in your face and all those different kinds of things, the facial recognition, all that stuff is being recorded somewhere, not just your keys that you're typing in. All of that stuff is somewhere. All the pictures, what you, you know, all the things that you did. So it's kind of scary when you start thinking about it, right? Again, there's not a whole lot that we can do as far as completely, I mean, you would have to completely get off the internet and never use a cell phone, never use the computer, never get on social media ever again. And still, there's a little bit of information there, but you would need to completely not use it at all. And who's going to do that, right? Who is going to do that? You tell a grandparent who wants to get on Facebook because they don't live in the same city as their as their, as their uh, child and their grandkids, or... They, they even they do live in the same city, but they want to see the most recent pictures, right? So they get on and they're commenting and they're sharing and they're liking. I mean, who's going to stop all that kind of stuff? So it's very important to be smart when you're when you are online because I, I don't see it going the up opposite way. There's a lot of people that will get on, and even in this article here, it's like, well, you can do this and you can do that and you can do this. No, man, it is all tied in together. You know, it's all tied in. And so one of the things you got to remember is you just got to be smart when you're out there. You got to be smart when you're using the Internet. So some of the recommendations that were given here in this article are very important. So, again, you need to have very strong passwords because passwords are one of the things that will help you to not get hacked and to get your information out there. Please, for all for the love of all that is good, do not use the password one two three four five. That is the worst thing that you can do, because that is automatically what people are going to try. They're going to try one two three four five. They're going to try one two three four. They're going to try admin. You know the password admin. They're going to try those types of things. Don't use that. Use a strong a strong password. Don't try to use the same password for multiple different. Uh, you know, logins on your on your computer. And I love the advice of LastPass, but I got to tell you, you've got to be careful when you're using LastPass. You have to make sure that you mark down somewhere, you write that down, the, the main password. I remember listening to a cybersecurity professional that he said 
you know, let your, your password for LastPass, let it be maybe like the phrase of a song. And so if there's your, your favorite song, let it be the chorus or at least the, the first, you know, 10 words or whatever of the chorus. So it's something that you easily remember, but it's not so easily. It's not, you know, just like one, two, three, four, five or anything like that. You got to make it super hard. And so using a passphrase sometimes is just as strong as, you know, using all these other things uh, where you're where you're tying it all in. I think the, the other thing that all the cybersecurity people that I have listened to that they say is use strong passwords and update your software. So there is a responsibility that Windows and Google and the people have out there when they put out when they push out an update is because they've realized that there is a security flaw. So they have a responsibility to go ahead and patch that when when they when it becomes public, right? So I think sometimes they let things go, but when it becomes public, they know that they need to patch it. So whenever there's an update, you need to update. And that's one of those things that will keep a lot of these things from, from just targeting you very easily. And so a lot of the times when they have used, uh, you know, they've, they've targeted you know, uh, scripts and stuff like that, and they, they've done that, it's because people have not updated their, their OS system, right? Their Microsoft uh, you know, Windows, they've not updated, you know, whatever it is. They're using an old operating system because they just don't want to go through the hassle of it. Maybe, and I know this has happened before where you update and the update didn't work really well or it had a lot of bugs. And so you're like, well, I'm not going to update. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and wait. And then you never update. And then you're leaving yourself open. So it's very important to do that. Again, think about what you're doing online. Think about where you're going. Don't click on things. You know that you can hover over a link, especially in email. You know, there's a lot of email uh, spam that, that gets through and, and phishing emails that look very, very uh, close to the original thing. And you'll hover over a link and the link doesn't go to, let's just say a bank, right? I don't know. I'm going to pull a bank out of the air. Bank of America, right? So let's just say that you get you bank at Bank of America and you get an email from Bank of America and it says, hey, you got to change your password, blah, blah, blah. And so you go and you're like, okay, well, I'm not sure about this, but you hover over the link and the link goes to bankofamerica.ussr.com. I don't know, whatever, right? And so it is not the bankofamerica.com. It is not the official one. It looks kind of similar. Sometimes it doesn't even look similar, but because people see a link that it might say Bank of America in your email, they go ahead and click on it and they go and they start typing in their passwords and stuff like that. And guess what? That's a website that the hackers use. They got your information. They're going to turn around really quickly and they're going to go and they're going to empty out your account because you have given them access. So you can hover over email address or not even email addresses. You can hover over links in email and on the bottom left-hand corner of your browser, it should tell you or the, the bottom left-hand corner of your email program, it should, should tell you what that email uh, or what, what that URL really is. That link is, you know, really is. So you're not just clicking on any old link and giving information. Never give your password information to any email you know, that, that you ever get, you know, every legitimate bank or account will tell you, do not give your password to, you know, through a link on our, through an email, go to our website. And from there, go ahead and log in and change your password. Right. So that's very, very key and very important. If you're doing that and you're not going to the bad sites, right. You're not going to the sites that show a bunch of, you know, pornography and they rip people off and all that kind of stuff, then you should be in a lot better shape than most people. And you will you will be able to withstand a lot of things if you are using strong passwords, if you're not clicking on links that you don't know where they go to, if you're not going to websites that you don't know, uh, you know that you shouldn't be going to, and if you don't, uh, or if you do update your website, uh, operating systems on a regular basis whenever there is a, an, an update there. So I know that they talked about a VPN here. Somebody sent me an article not too long ago about the most popular VPNs and a lot of them were owned by China. They're like, you know, back, 
there were businesses that were backed by the Chinese government and stuff like that. So it's like you you just don't know. I don't know if, if that is a smart thing to do and, and be a part of that. And I don't know if I would want to pass my, my information in through a VPN, a virtual private network, where they're able to grab that. They're able to see and they're able to grab that information. You got to be smart about that. So the web that you see, and let me just share this with you. The web that you see, if you can think of the iceberg, you think of the Titanic, right? They looked at the iceberg and they said, oh, this is a small little iceberg. We can go ahead and run right through it and crush it. They weren't paying attention to the rest of the iceberg underneath the water. When you, and I've seen this graphic before uh, from a cybersecurity professional, when you look at the internet, the internet is kind of like that iceberg at the very, very top. And it's like 10% of what you see. The rest of the internet is underneath the water, and that is the dark web. There's 90%, that, you know, makes up 90% of the other web traffic, and that's where all the bad stuff happens, right? That's where you, know, you get all the, 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 the illegal things going on, and you never want to go and you never want to deal with that aspect of it. But there are people that are exchanging email addresses and account information, and I know that, um, you know, somebody that I know was... Uh, contacted by a cybersecurity professional that they had monitoring their their email addresses and they said hey your email showed up on the dark web your password uh, it, it, your password it wasn't your legitimate password but your information showed up there and so you know that's one of the things you've got to be careful because people are trafficking in your information your data is very important to other people because when they can get your data they begin to build a profile they begin to be able to access have access to bits and pieces of you and then eventually where they're able to get in there and access important things like your bank accounts and other login information and they get that stuff so again it's very important to be very careful so let me go ahead and transition to an aspect of this that, because at the very beginning of this episode, I said to me, this is even scarier than an EMP, right? So when we get to this point where everything is connected to the internet, it becomes very scary. And so let me explain. If you, if there was an EMP to go off, right? So again, I've said this many times. I know that if I put an article on Prepper website about EMP, that it is going to be one of those that, that's clicked the most. Like it's going to have the most clicks than any other article. I know that even if I wanted to be, you know, do like real clickbait type stuff, I could even, you know, say, hey, this, you know, here's an EMP episode on the podcast and that's going to be popular. I can release a video, an EMP video, that's going to be popular. But I believe that this stuff is even scarier and more important because an EMP, you have to fire off a missile, right? Some Somebody, a bad player, has to fire off a missile and needs to go up into uh, the atmosphere and it has to be detonated. A nuclear bomb needs to be detonated and it needs to, you know, it wipes out all the, you know, the electrical circuits and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So you have that versus cybersecurity threats, cyber terrorism, where the terrorists, the bad players, are on the other side of the world behind a computer in the safety of their own country, in the safety of their own, you know, wherever they might be. And they might be government. They might be just teenagers. They might be someone, a hacker that was hired by someone to do damage. They're able to do over there, push a button, push some code, send some code, and then all of a sudden things are happening on the other side of the world and bad things are happening. So if you if you are familiar with the Stuxnet virus that, that attacked the Iran nuclear centrifuges, right? That was a very specific script. That was a very specific virus. And it went out and it infiltrated. It was on computers everywhere. The problem is, is that it didn't do anything to any other computer because it was looking for a specific, specific hardware. And so it was created for a specific purpose. So basically it's like, if this lines up, if this lines up, if this lines up, okay, well then go ahead and we're going to uh, disrupt this centrifuge and we're going to blow this centrifuge up, right? 
And so what happened is eventually it made its way into Iran and it made its way into the nuclear facility that was running the centrifuges. And so it started speeding up the centrifuges. And if you've ever, there is a video, I believe Zero Day, you could go look that up on YouTube. I believe that's what it's called. Anyway, so the centrifuges start spinning out of control. The issue though, the thing is, is that the scientists and the computer people that were monitoring, that were there on site at the nuclear facilities in Iran, when they were looking at their computers, they didn't see anything different. Their computers read that everything was normal, but inside the centrifuges, the centrifuges were spinning out of control, eventually to the point where they span, they, they were spinning so fast and so much that they, they blew up, right? And so these guys didn't know what was going on. It's like, hey, one minute, everything is fun, and all of a sudden, centrifuges are blowing up all over the place. And so that is the scary thing about, about these, these viruses and about hacking and cyber terrorism. So how does that translate? Todd, you're talking about Iran. You're talking about something that happened a couple of years ago. So let me talk about how it might happen and what it might look like here. I've been listening to a book called The Fifth Element by Richard Clark. And I think I did share out the, the podcast where I first heard him. And it was on a podcast that, uh, you know, this guy, it, I mean, it's not even about security or preparedness or anything like that. And, uh, but it was, it was very interesting, uh, the title. And so I listened to it and I went and I bought his book. And so he talks about, and so he is the cybersecurity, he was a cybersecurity uh, head. I don't, I don't even know what the specific title is for uh, the Clintons and the Bush, right? When he was, uh, Actually, first Bush and then Clinton and then the second Bush. And then he co-wrote the book with um, the same, his counterpart, I guess, that took over during the Obama administration. And so they're talking about how scary it is out there. So this is the way that it might look here. So some guys want to, some bad players, whoever they might be, some foreign government or just guys who want to disrupt and, and be bad. Maybe they don't like America or whatever. They target a water treatment facility and so everything remember everything is online everything is connected and so these computers are online and they're monitoring the water treatment plant and so in this water treatment plant every so often chemicals get shot into the the waste treatment right it gets shot into the water and it is going and it is monitoring and there's sensors and there's all these things that are happening and things that are going on well, these guys, these bad players, they write the little script that infects this water treatment plant. And for all sakes and purposes, the people that are monitoring, they're looking at the computers and everything looks good on their end. But on the back end, they don't realize that the computer, the script and this virus is causing more chemicals than that is supposed to go into the water. Or maybe it's not letting any chemicals go into the water but all the sensors are reading correctly. Everything is reading fine. So this water is going through the water treatment plant, but it is not really being treated. It is going through with all the junk that is inside of it. Don't even want to think about all the, all the craziness that's inside of that. And it is going through the water treatment plant and it is being pushed out back into the water system. Think about that. Think about people getting sick. Think about people, you know, not realizing what is going on until the water is already in your house and you have already, you know, you've been drinking it for a while. Think about how scary that might be. That's just one little aspect. Think about the, you know, electricity. And a lot of people will already say that in our electrical plants, that there's already viruses and things that are already in there just waiting to be triggered. And it's just one of those things like if you, you know, Russia gets, uh, Russia gets really upset at the United States for something or North Korea or China or whatever. And then they decide to say, okay, you know, here we go. We're going to flip the switch and these things are going to happen. And so it's, it's a pretty scary world that we live in right now. But here's the thing. We don't have to live in fear. The whole reason why we prepare, the whole reason why we, we do what we do is because when it gets down to the craziness that might happen in our world, that we are able to move into, that we have options, right? Imagine someone who is in a survival situation, an emergency situation, and they don't have any options. 
They are just there. They're twiddling their thumbs. First of all, they might not have the knowledge of what to do. But even if they had the knowledge, if they didn't have the supplies that they needed, if they didn't have the gear that they needed, if they didn't have what they needed, they would just be stuck. They wouldn't have any options. And that's why we prepare. We prepare. We get the knowledge. We get the gear that we need. We don't have to go full Rambo, full tactical. We're not trying to be military. We're not trying to be, you know, militias or anything like that. We're trying to be prepared so when we see the craziness of the world and all the different things that are out there, right? All the crazy things that could cause a disruption in our life, that we have options because there are people in our lives that are depending on us. We have spouses, we have kids, we have grandkids, there's other family members, we, have, we might have parents, people that are counting on us to be able to to have those options in place, to have those those um, plans in place to move forward if there is a disruption in the world. So we live in scary times. We live in, in crazy times. That doesn't mean that we, we live in fear. And it's so easy, right? When you think of all the bad things that could happen, it's like, man, I'm just going to pull the covers over my head and I'm not going to get up at all because it's just a scary world out there. And that's not the way that we're supposed to live. There's always been scary things. There's always been things that were always around the corner and things that are happening. It just seems like there's more nowadays, but even more reason to be prepped and aware, even more reason to be paying attention. That guys, that's one reason why I and again I keep talking about moving off of social media and being careful about what you post on there. Again, I don't post too many things. I try to do I do the church thing there, and uh, I just I know how convenient it is. I've had other preppers tell me that forums are not as convenient as just being able to go to Facebook and you have an app. And that's one thing that people were always telling me about the forums. Is there an app? Is there something that makes it easy? That's why I finally settled on the email group. I'm like, man, there is nothing easier than email. And I've made it very easy. And so that's one of the things, you know, lately, a lot of people have been, you know, joining up and becoming a part of that email group is because you can share things easily and it's not going through Facebook. It's not going through Twitter. It's not going through any other social media platform. It is just email and it's very easy to respond that way. So I believe that preppers need a way to be able to communicate with each other and be able to share things and ideas. You know, there's a lot of preppers out there that have great ideas. That's why I always say, again, the comment sections, go to the comment section and read up on other things that people have said because you can learn some things from other people and the ideas that they have shared. And that's why I believe the email group is important and is special. And I'm excited about that. And that's why I'm promoting it because I think that's something that uh, preppers could be a part of. It's just an email group where you, you send to one email email address and everybody gets the same email and people are able to respond back and forth that way. So we are living in curious times. We've always, it seems like we're always living in curious times and we've got to be smart about the way that we're living. We got to be smart. Not only do we have OPSEC and situational awareness when we are going to the store, when we're out there, you know, in, in walking around in the real world. Now we need to make sure we're doing that when we were when we're online as well because yeah everything is getting tracked everything is being logged somewhere there is a record of it and the thing is is that it's probably not being used for nefarious reasons like this article said but at some point it could be can you ever see a a point in time where maybe they go back i know that other people have said this is like hey we know that you are a a prepper we know that you are a christian we know that you are a patriot because of your social media and the things that you have posted before in the past. And so we know what kind of person you are. And so we're watching you very closely or we are going to limit you and what you're able to do because you are you belong to one of those groups. So, again, that's very dystopian. That's very prepper fiction. But could you possibly see where that could go there at, at some time? 
So anyway, that might be some jumps that some people are like, Todd, there's no way that will never happen. And man, I hope not. And But my mind sometimes goes there where it could possibly go there, right? These people have a lot of power. Facebook, Google, you know, YouTube, Amazon, they have a lot of power. And if they're sharing with the government and they're saying, hey, you let us do what we want to do, but we're, we'll give you the data. We'll share with you this data or we'll give you a portion of it. You think the government's going to back off and say, okay, yeah, you know, uh, no, we don't want you doing that. You know, unless they were completely forced, unless the public, like, again, that video that I recommended to you from Shoshana Zuboff, go check it out. I mean, until people, you know, respond and say, hey, you know what? We're not we're not having a part of this anymore. We're not going to go to Facebook. We're not going to use this. We're not going to use that. We're not going to be a part of this. We're going to vote our politicians out unless they start protecting rights and freedoms and they start, you know, making making these big companies accountable, we're not going to relent, right? We're going to make sure that this is taken care of. The problem is, is that I don't know if that will ever happen. I mean, that's my, you know, my negative side there, I guess. That's my my uh, pessimistic view of, of how the world is going. I don't know if it will ever get there. In the meantime, you got to protect yourself, right? You got to take care of yourself and be smart about what you're doing. Well, guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article over at The Organic Prepper in the show notes so you can go check it out. And then, again, there's the, the link to Cat Ellis's article that you can go check out. And then the comment section, go check that out. And uh, you might even want to participate in the comments over there. Well, guys, that is it for episode 609. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can click the subscribe button on your podcast catcher wherever you listen to the Prepper website podcast. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and I'd love for you to connect with me, not necessarily on social media, but through email. And so I have a link in the show notes where you can subscribe to the email list. And when you do, I am going to send you 25 articles that every prepper should read, right? 25 very important articles that I have put together that I've looked through the archives of Prepper website. Some of these articles you can't find any longer. I had to, but because I have the URL, I was able to finally pull them up and get them. I have articles on the big topics like food storage and water and first aid and operational security and all that kind of stuff. And so that is in the show notes. And so I'd love for you to be uh, a part of that and connect with me that way. Hey, and don't forget to go over to Prepper website and to check all the great articles that we link to every single day there on Prepper website. And if you're looking for specifics like alternative news, which our alternative news hub page is the second most popular page on all of uh, prepper website, go to the right hand corner, do the little drop down menu and click on those pages. There's pages specific to, uh, you know, alternative news, uh, firearms, DIY, frugal living, all that good stuff. Uh, a lot of great information there for you to be a part of and to, uh, to consume if you're wanting to get better prepared. All right, guys, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.